Dropping the hammer. No, you're not. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Dropping the Hammer with Dan McFadden. I am Dan McFadden. Still, after how many episodes, Crow? How many episodes is this? I lost count. We had two last week. That's too much you counting did? for one week. <laughs> yes. Oh, we, oh take, okay, technically we did have two episodes last, last week. All right. Um, yeah, two numbered episodes, because, you know, even though they're one episode that was split into two parts, I, I thought that both of them are- were so good... Yes. They both deserve their own number. And so now we've moved up one one faster than the races already. So we're ahead of our we're ahead of our pace. Yes. Great. Awesome. Alright, so it is uh right now it's Thursday, May sixth, the evening of. Um where three di- we're at, oh yeah, the, the truck series race should be tomorrow night at Darlington. So throwback weekend not tomorrow not tomorrow night. Right? Wait, when is it? Hold on. Don't it's cut Thursday. It is Thursday, but are they racing? Okay, they are racing tomorrow night. Okay, all right, all right. So it is Thursday, uh, May sixth, the evening of. Uh, we are a day away from Throwback Weekend at Darlington Raceway, beginning with the Truck Series uh, tomorrow night. But briefly, uh, we got to touch on uh, Kansas Kansas Speedway. That was last weekend with the Cup race on Sunday. And uh, let me just get this out of the way. I did not get to watch much of it. I was suffering from symptoms related to a gum slash tooth infection. And while the TV was on (laughs) my, while the race was on my TV, I was on my couch horizontal uh, with my eyes closed, trying to sleep. And so the race was like this distant echo in the distance. Um, It was just background music. Um, For the most part, I gathered up my strength to watch like the final 20 laps but, you know, from what I, you know, remember watching throughout the, the afternoon, it was an okay race. I know I know that Kyle Busch won, but everyone really wants to talk about the tire and the grass and the caution and screwing over Chris Buescher. What, whatever. I forgot about that on Monday. Um, but Kyle Busch won for the, the basically the second time in, in the last two years. But, Crow, you watched it. Explain to me the Bushy McBush race 400 like I'm five. Okay, so I'm going to do the best, my best to do this from memory um, because, you know, it, it, and, you know, bear with me here because it's Kansas, so it's, you know, boring. And the, uh, um, all right, so basically. Okay, the, calling it boring was mean because this, this race was infinitely more interesting than, um, Atlanta. <laughs> there, there was a lot more going on in this race than at like Atlanta. So, um, go it, go on. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's say it is a return to the some of my less favorite tracks. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for the most of the race, it was Larson up front. He was mm. pretty dominant um, until the very end. He and he and Blaney just somehow managed to fuse their bumpers together. <laughs> yeah. And Drop themselves to the back of the lead lap. Um, you hit Bush won the Bushy McBush race, as you said. Um, there was something to do with a tire that people were all upset about. Um, I'll be honest, I like I, I know that it was weird. I know, like, but I don't know. It, it didn't seem like that big of a deal to me. <laughs> oh, 
it, it just just because I've been busy with other stuff. Just me looking at other media outlets. It's been the only thing apparently anyone's been talking about for like the past three days was well, that that the tire and NASCAR not calling it uh, due to a safety issue, and they just they waited for the green the green flag pit stop cycle to conclude, and then they threw it. <laughs> I mean, um, I think that was just NASCAR Twitter finding something interesting to talk about during the race. Oh, they were talking about it, like, on Sirius X and Radio, too. So, um, like, yeah. apparently all day Monday. So. Yeah. I mean, I get that it's controversy, but I, I don't know. As someone who's watching it, like, I, I, I saw it, I was like, that's weird, but whatever, it's NASCAR. I've seen worse stuff, you know? Oh yeah. I, I don't know. It I didn't see it as some egre- egregious thing. I just saw it as let's finish up what we're doing right now and and we'll get to it. We'll get to we'll it. get to it. Yeah. I mean, they de- like and that's what it came off as. It didn't seem like some to me it didn't come off as some sinister plot like it seems no. like a lot of people are trying to make it no. out to be. It just seemed like they made probably an ill-advised decision, but a decision that was within the realm of like something that you could make without it just being deemed, you know, like a like, super villain I, I haven't watched, I haven't watched highlights since Sunday. Cause again, I've been busy. Um, I don't remember exactly where the tire was positioned, but it felt like it was kind of away from pit road. It wasn't like yeah. a tire. Like in, was I think it was like, on, in, if I remember correctly, it was like in the infield. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. It was, it was a, in the grass a little bit back from pit road. It wasn't half on half on or anything. So, um, but yeah, anyway, it's really not worth the discussion. <laughs> um, like I said, Cobblish uh, won. Uh, that's two. That's only since he won the title two years ago. It's only his second win. Um, he won on his birthday. Um, he swept the weekend, uh, and we have ten winners in eleven races, um, which hasn't happened in a nothing like that's happened in a very long time in NASCAR. So and now uh, we're going to the track too tough to tame. Um, which is my favorite track on the schedule. Um, really, it really is. Um, and one of my favorites to go to. Uh, but before we get to Darlington, uh, what, what's it, what's it time for, Crow? You know, after the last week, you know, normally we do the do, 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 you know, Michael McDowell watch. But, you know, after a week of illness, and recovery, I think we should just call it yeah, McDowell Watch. <laughs> okay. All right. McDowell Watch. All right. It's, it's time for McDowell Watch. I just don't want to get you too excited. You're, you know, you're still recovering. Okay. All right, guys. Michael McDowell, our Daytona 500 winner. Uh, started third at Kansas uh, due to where he fin- thinks to in part to where he finished at Talladega the previous weekend. Uh, he finished 13th, which tied his best uh, career finish at Darlington or at Kansas, uh, which I believe came back in 27 2017. Yes, correct, 2017. Um, according to his the Front Row Motorsports uh, recap. For the race, uh, he came back from being one lap down, uh, 
he started the race in third, but bef- but before he fell out of the top ten with a car that needed more overall grip, uh, McDowell's team made a pit stop early to make adjustments and and spent added time on pit road to get the car better. It also forced McDowell to start in the back of the field. The strategy came into play to keep McDowell on pace with the leaders. With the stage break, crew chief Drew Blickensdurfer was able to keep McDowell in contention by running along on fuel and taking a wave around to get back on the lead lap. McDowell raced hard and kept being faster on the track, too. He never went de- went down two laps, and once back on the lead lap, was back in the top 20. The final laps of the race, of course, had several cautions, which allowed him to get the 13th place finish. Uh, here's McDowell's quote. That was a good recovery. We started up front in our carparts.com forward Mustang, but we just didn't have the balance to stay in the top 10. Drew and the team made... The adjustments we needed, but we had to race back through the field. We just kept getting spots all afternoon. It came close to the top, top ten. We learned some things to get better, so not a bad day. And so, going into Darlington, uh, this will be uh, McDowell's 12th career start on the 1.36 mile track in South Carolina. He will actually start 13th. So, where he finished last week... He, for the second second week in a row, where he finished the week before is where he'll start. He'll finish 13th. Like I said, it's his 12th career start. In the last three races at Darlington, which occurred last year because we had three races there, <laughs> uh, he finished uh, on the lead lap uh, in each in each race. And before, before last year, he had never finished on the lead lap at Darlington. Uh, in those three races, he finished 23rd, 17th, and 16th. And that 16th is his career best start. So, and him starting 13th, that is his best career start at Darlington. So, already he's starting out on better footing at Darlington than he uh, has yet. So, good for him. Good for the 34 team. All right. Darlington Crow. What, what, what do you know of... Darlington. I know that it is infamous for people scraping the wall. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it is. Um, that's called the Darlington Stripe. Uh, it got the nick- that nickname from, you know, uh, drivers, yeah, scraping the wall, coming out, w- out of what used to be Turn 4, but in 1998, 97 or 98, uh, they swapped the front stretches. So what used to be Turn one or turn three is now turn one um uh so and it's got like i said it's one of my favorite tracks just because um it's not a track that was built for for stock cars of especially of today um it was you know a track that debuted in the, the early 50s um and if i recall right where they race now wasn't where they originally raced. They actually were supposed to race like on the bottom, like where the apron is, and the apron or the banking area was like we're supposed to be used as like an escape route kind of thing. If I yeah, so right. yeah, so on like dirt tracks, what a, a very common design for dirt tracks and corners is, um, you basically have a dirt mound and then and then it goes down the other side. And so, uh, and if you run off the top, you just go down the other side and then you can drive back up the hill, get on the track. I'm guessing what you're talking about is that Darlington originally had that kind of design and, uh, they just turned that top part into banking and then put a wall there. Maybe, 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 I don't Um, know. 
But uh, yeah, you know, it really was a dirt track. But it, it was also NASCAR's first actual speedway. Um, you know, this track was built before Daytona existed. So, um, and it's it's shaped like an egg. Uh, turns one and two. It's very very long, um, sweeping turn. Meanwhile, turns three and four are like this very narrow turn. So. It, the, the top of the eggs turned three and four. And the reason it was, it has that shape because when the track was built, uh, the guy who built it was uh, forced to do that shorter turn to avoid some some farmers, uh, I believe a minnow pond. Um, <laughs> so a pond of some sort. So that's why the track has that shape. And uh, part of the reason that makes the track so difficult is because both turns are just so different um but yeah it's one of one of the oldest tracks in nascar and it's i've been there uh one time as a media member and i've been there twice as a fan to watch the races uh i went in uh 2018 and 2019 um so it's just a it's out it, Dar it's out in the middle of nowhere in darlington you, it, it's a trek to get there i mean from charlotte it's only about two hours or so but it, it it's still it's still a jaunt the drive back home uh, in the middle of the night um, is exhausting. Um, it takes forever <laughs> at night. So, um, but yeah, if you're ever um, going out there in the area, go, go visit Darlington. Uh, hopefully you can go see a race. You have more chances to see a race now since they've gone back to two. This is the first time since the 2000s that there's been scheduled two races at Darlington. Um, up and since they've now made the spring the spring race the throwback race instead of the fall, I, I think that's really appropriate. Is because when there was two races, the spring one was a uh, was a four hundred miler. So you have a you know for the last few years they've just been racing exclusively at night at Darlington for the Cup race anyway. So having a day race that's four hundred miles miles in the spring is a throwback in a, in and of itself. So I'm really glad that they're doing that. And also, I think it's just going to be a better race because it's shorter. The shorter races last spring were, especially the Wednesday night race, which was shorter than the the, the one on the Sunday before, was really, really good. So, and they're going to the high down for, or low down force package this weekend after a few years of j running the high, high down force there, which I think... Uh, hurts the competition at that track. <laughs> you kind of look at um, the races that the Xfinity Series has put on there the last couple of years, and some of the the duels that we've seen, like between Chase Briscoe and Kyle Busch uh, last spring, uh, and then later in the year with like Denny Hamlin and uh, Ross Chastain taking each other out, basically, and Brandon Jones sneaking by for the win are just been incredible races. And um, I think with the low downforce package, that's um, going to blend itself to much better racing at Darlington. Uh, my, my pick for this race is uh, Ross Chastain. I, I think I alluded to that uh, last week. Um, that he, he's my pick. He will be driving uh, a throwback McDonald's paint scheme to the 1993 car that was driven driven by Hutt Strickland and owned by Junior Johnson, but it's basically also the same paint scheme 
that Jimmy Spencer drove in 1994 for, for Junior Johnson when he won two races in the McDonald's car, the Daytona and Talladega. And those are the only two points races, NASCAR Cup points races, where a car sponsored with McDonald's as its primary sponsor with the Golden Arches on the hood has won. It has been 26 years. McDonald's has been sponsoring cars <laughs> since then and hasn't won anything outside. Bill Elliott won a qualifying race for the Daytona 500 in like 98, 99, something like that. So, um, it's okay. Yeah, they it's got that hamburger. They got that hamburger money. <laughs> but, um, but Ross Chastain is really good at Darlington when he has a good equipment. The two race, uh, when he made his debut with Chip Ganassi Racing in the Xfinity Series a few years ago, he just went out, shocked the world, and oh, had had the winning car. Probably would have won until he got into some trouble with Kevin Harvick. Um, and then last year, like I said, he was dueling with Denny Hamlin in the closing laps. Uh, had a shot at the win before they they kind of took each other out. So um, he's my pick to win. It would be his first career cup win um and like i said mcdonald the mcdonald's curse would be broken after 26 years um i wish there was qualifying so like he could hopefully have a better starting position than where he's starting he's okay starting eight ross chastain he's starting 18th uh he's starting right next to his right next to or behind his teammate kurt bush um brad keselowski is on the pole uh kevin harvick is second Kyle Busch is third, Martin Truex is fourth, and William Byron starts fifth. Um, Crow, who is your pick to win the Goodyear 400 at Darlington Raceway? So I would have said Chastain, not for any kind of logical reason, just because. <laughs> um, I like him. He's a cool guy. He's a nice guy. But I you guess... You picked him last week. Yeah, I picked him last week. You picked him, and you're picking him, so I, I can't be boring i have to pick someone else so i will go with denny hamlin i think he's he's screwing up a lot but this is darlington everyone's gonna screw up at some point but yeah i mean you probably didn't even research this uh denny hamlin's really good at darlington um i mean denny hamlin's kind of really good at everything yeah (laughs) yeah um but no like he's no he's made darlington uh his playground um and he won there he won there last year in 2020 in the in the the second race the wednesday night race um he won in 2017 and he won in 2010 um and that's just the cup uh, in that 2017 season he he swept the race weekend he, he won both the, the, the cup and xfinity races and in a twist crow uh, his car failed inspection both times after the race. <laughs> um, but th- this that was before uh, wins were taken away for failing inspection. Uh, so they both stayed. But he's won there five times in 13 Xfinity Series starts. Um, he's won there 2006, 2007, 2010, 2015, and, like I said, most recently, 27. He would have won... In 2019, he would have, but guess what happened? His car failed inspection. (laughs) 
he, he crossed the finish line first in front of Cole Custer, and an hour or so later, uh, he had the win taken away. Um, so he, he, he technically should have six wins in 12 starts there, or in 13 starts, but nope, it's just, just five. Okay, so you, you made a good pick, Crow. So, congratulations. I um, did it for all the right reasons. <laughs> okay. All right. So, I mentioned a little while ago that William Byron is starting fifth um, in Sunday's race. I have for you right now an interview with, uh, with William Byron that I recorded Wednesday. I recorded this uh, the morning after Byron on social media posted a, a letter, you know, revealing that his mother, Dana, had been diagnosed with a rare but treatable uh, form of a brain tumor, uh, a form of lymphoma. Um, and I had previously scheduled this, this interview uh, the week before. So it was just happenstance and fortunate timing for myself uh, that I was able to talk to him just the morning after this. So uh, this interview with William Byron, driver of the number 24, Hendrick Motorsports uh, Chevrolet, um, we, it, it's about 12 minutes long, and we open talking about why he and uh, his mother wanted to announce this to the world and what what they're kind of going through right now and what it would, what it would mean for for Byron to win Sunday's race for his mother on Mother's Day. Um, but we also talk about his hope, his how, how, why he feels good going into Darlington. Uh, he enters that race with nine top ten finishes. Um, and he, he finished fifth there in the Southern 500 last year for his first top five and top ten finish there in the Cup Series. Um, so, yeah. Here is my interview with William Byron. Hey. Hey, how's it going, man? I'm doing good. What's up with you on a Wednesday good. morning? Good. Just uh, just getting ready for the for the weekend. So I, gu- I guess um, I guess to start off, um, you you made you know some news last night um, mm-hmm. with that post about your mom, and I, so I was I'm, wa- I'm wondering um, what made you want to share that with the world? What what you yeah what you're dealing with? Yeah, I think honestly, just um, you know, when I started uh, or when this whole process started a couple weeks ago, is definitely definitely a perspective changer. And I felt like, you know, at first I didn't really know what to do. You know, I wasn't sure whether to even share with my race team or, or, you know, because you just don't know where it's going to go, you know, and what all the details are. And so you kind of want to get all those things before you, you know, let people know. And I think gradually as the, as the weeks have gone by, I've just become more comfortable with, with people understanding the situation and um, my race team, you know, knew about it. Uh, going into this weekend and then I've just felt like it was you know I felt like it's just powerful for people to you know show support and love and care for her and um, I felt like she deserved that and she wanted that you know it was really her decision Um, but but yeah it's um, it's just one of those things that we've we're comfortable with and um, you know I think that she's ready to uh, to start the process and um, you know definitely going to be there to support her every step of the way. So th- was part of the reason you did it this week because it's Mother's Day this weekend? 
that? Oh, um, I think it. I mean, it made sense. I think yes and no. I feel like yes because you know I was going to be asked about my mom at some at some point this week, and it would have been hard for me to withhold the fact that you know what she's going through. It would have been mm-hmm. hard just to talk about everything like it's like it's normal. So I think that yeah, that was part of it. Um, but I feel like the timing honestly just didn't work out last week. It it got too late in the week and it was too close to the race weekend. I didn't really want to, you know, she didn't want that for me to have to answer a bunch of questions about it right as before the race. So, um, yeah, I think it, it just made sense. And honestly, it's her decision. And she, uh, you know, this made sense to kind of get it out there early in the week and, you know, be able to get going. So when, when does her treatment start? Uh, she'll still start next uh, Tuesday, I believe. So hopefully um, trying to get it going as quickly as possible, but yeah. Have you reached out to Matt Tift to maybe get his thoughts on this situation since he's been through that personally himself? Yeah, I haven't, no, but I do know that kind of watching his social media. So I'm sure we'll connect at some point for sure. Okay, cool. So what, what, so what would it mean for you to get a win for your, your mom on Mother's Day this weekend? Yeah, it'd be huge. I mean, I think that we would, uh, I mean, it'd be huge for her. I think she, you know, I've, and I've had a number of people reach out, you know, Greg Ives had a great, um, message to me this morning. I just think it would be, uh, it would be huge because I feel like, you know, she just loves the fact that I'm pursuing what I love, you know, and I think that that's most important to her. And, and, um, you know, there's been times over the last few weeks where I feel like it doesn't, you know, racing's not as important. And, you know, at the same time, she's encouraged me to continue to pursue what's important to me. So, it's been uh it's been a good balance I feel like and uh, I'd be huge for her I think that you know she's able to um to watch and our whole family able to watch and it's Darlington's close to home too so it wouldn't mm-hmm. be a long drive to get home <laughs> to see her so I definitely would be excited if we could do that so has she been able to come to like any of your race wins over the last year because of the COVID protocols at all yeah she has luckily she's been at um she wasn't at Daytona but she was at Homestead okay and uh, she was there with my aunt. So that was awesome. She was really excited. Um, she was up in the suite watching that. So yeah, it's been great for her to be able to be there for, for some of those, um, you know, she's been at a lot of wins. Actually, it's funny, funny story is, um, okay. she was at my first win ever in a, in a car. Uh, my dad actually was not, he was on a, on vacation or something. And so my mom was taking me to the racetrack for my first few wins in legend cars. So <laughs> We, we grew a connection and bond through that. I feel like, I mean, she's my biggest supporter and I feel like she, she watches everything. So it's okay. uh, cool to kind of have her watch all that. All right, man. So, so Darlington, you, you, you have, I don't know if you noticed, you have nine straight top tens. Um, oh, that's, really? yeah. that's, that's no small, small, small feat, nine straight finishes this season. Um, so how are you feeling about your, basically your sixth cup start at Darlington? Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I've had, I've had decent success at Darlington. I feel like I always value that racetrack. It's, it's one that um, I grew up going to and feel like I know the rhythm and, and the, the flow of that racetrack, but yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's going to be a fun weekend. I feel like Darlington's, it's going to be more old school this weekend with the mm-hmm. fact that it's low downforce and high horsepower. So it's going to be hard to drive. It's, there's going to be a lot of uh, guessing going on with the setups, but um you know, I feel like as soon as we kind of find something that works, hopefully early in the race, we can work with that and, uh, and keep it going. So I've had some good runs there. 
Um, always feel like I've had speed there, so just have to continue that. Christopher Bell um, said last, I think it was last week, that when he went from Xfinity to Cup, in, that racing at uh, Talde not Talde Darlington was eye-opening, the difference between Xfinity and Cup, especially with that high downforce. Um, what was the... Was there an eye-opening moment for you at Darlington when, when you when you got to Cup? Yeah, I mean, I'd say, I'd say that the second practice that I ever did there, um, just the fact that the cars were so slick and the track was so slick, and you just didn't have a lot of grip, so it was very hard to drive your car and very hard to to do what you needed to do to make lap time and stuff. So. Um, I feel like that was noticeable right away. And then the racing is its own beast. I mean, you've got to kind of, you know, with the high downforce package, you didn't really, there wasn't a lot of give and take. You were kind of running side by side on a, on a really narrow racetrack, which was interesting. But I feel like with this package, there's going to have to be a lot of give and take. So um, we're going to get back to kind of the old school um, where you've got a set of passes and um, it's going to be different. With the last year's other 500 being your first, top five and your first top 10 at Darlington, what clicked for you last fall? Yeah, I think just um, finally, you know, having the right feel in the car, um, not being too tight or too loose, just kind of having the right sensations in the car. Um, it's really finicky, your know, racetrack, you've got to have a good balance there. And uh, I feel like I've been on both sides of, of things there where I'm way too loose or way too tight, but um, finally got something that I felt like was pretty good and uh, was able to work with that. Okay. All right, so, so I'm doing a story for Speed Sports Magazine on the next-gen car, which is being announced today. Um, so what is the vibe like at Hendrick Motorsports right now with this announcement coming out later, the, the reveal later this afternoon? Yeah. I think we're encouraged by it. I think that it's going to be a great step for the sport. It's going to you know, open up a new box you know, to, to work in. So it's going to be a lot different. I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to be using your imagination to build parts. You're going to be using your imagination to – you know, set up the cars, engineer the cars, all those things. So it's going to, I mean, possibly be more like what I see in IndyCar and the way mm -hmm. that they, um, the way that they, the work, they work together and strategy is really important and teamwork. And um, I just hope that, you know, we can produce a great race with it. And I feel like, you know, it's going to be a work in progress. So when, when you got into that car at Auto Club Speedway, what surprised you about it? So I was pretty early on in the stages yeah. of development. So I feel like I didn't take much from it, but um, I just noticed the fact that the, the transmission, the sound of the car was so much different. Um, those things were drastically different than what I'm used to. So um, those were the things that I picked up on right away. And I feel like, you know, as, as it evolves, it changes, but um, yeah, the sound of the engine and um you know, feelings of it were a lot different. So your yours was on a two-mile speedway. How, how do you think that car is going to handle at, like, Michigan? Or, well, you go to Auto Club next year. So at Auto Club in Michigan, um, in a pack full of cars compared to what you guys are driving right now? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. I think it's going to be a handful probably, but I feel like we – I feel like at that point the car will be developed a lot more. Um, we'll have a, a better idea of kind of – you know, what to expect. So um, it'll be, it'll be a lot different. And I, I feel like it'll in some ways be the same. Um, oh, really? You know, weight and power probably that we've ha have right now. And that those are the two big parts of the equation. So um, we're just gonna have to figure out kind of, you know, how to make the car handle well. So what do you like, 
but what do you think it, the difficulty level will be um, in transitioning to this car for younger drivers like you, Cole Custer, guys who are just still in your early parts of the Cup Series career? What, what, what will be the adjustment level that you all have? Yeah, I think there's some things that you're you have in your memory bank that you're going to have to somewhat erase. Um, maybe the way that you time restarts and the way that you get through the gears and um, some of those things, maybe the way the side draft works. I don't, I don't know yet if that's going to be the same or not. I'm sure it's going to evolve and change. Um, you know, what's important, what balance kind of works, you know, right now with, with our current car, I feel like you can drive it pretty loose. You know, you kind of get away with, you can get away with a lot if the car is loose and, not necessarily wreck, but, but maybe you're not as fast. So, you know, figuring out, is that the same? Is it different? Um, you know, is the car tighter? Is it, you, you need to drive it tighter, stuff like that. So it's going to, it's going to be a little bit different. Do, do you consider yourself when it comes to the car, are you a technical person? Do, do you like what, like to know what every, what they're doing to the car on adjustments and stuff? Uh, somewhat. I think that I'd rather just know a general sense of what they're changing but not like a directional, um, you know, thing when it comes to aero balance or stuff like that. I kind of avoid that stuff, but I do like to know kind of how the setups are evolving and, and what is changing, um, over time. But, but yeah, it, it, um, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, it's, I, I try to stay out of it to some degree and just stay a, to be a race car driver. So, so in going from one generation of a car to another, do you, do you anticipate you having to like update your glossary of terms? that you have to use when talking to your crew chief? Oh, for sure. I think that there's going to be a lot different with the steering and um, you're going to have to figure out, you know, quickly what, what it is you're wanting in the steering and uh, the feedback and stuff like that. Um, the brakes are going to be a lot different. So yeah, there's going to be some things that are drastically different. Cool, man. Well, um, that's all I got for you. Awesome. Um, good luck at Darlington. Um, you got a, You got a killer paint scheme, man. Thank you. Like, Appreciate it. Looks cool. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you get input in this game? Like, uh, like this one, I didn't as much. I did in the past with uh, the Days of Thunder and stuff like that. But, but yeah, this one, this one, they kind of cho- babbling kind of chose. So it's, uh, I'm excited for it. Looks good. I don't think I, there's very few bad babbling schemes. Yeah, so true. They're, they're pretty much almost like eighty five percent good. So yeah, you got a good one, man. So Thank all you. right, man. Appreciate Thank it. You. Have a great Thank day. Thank you. Have a good one. See ya. All right, that was my interview with William Byron, who, again, he starts fifth Sunday at Darlington Raceway. Uh, Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of Dropping the Hammer. Uh, Be sure to visit frontstretch.com, where you'll find my weekly column, Dropping the Hammer. This week is, uh, this will have published Friday. I I did write a column on William Byron. So it's basically just this interview, but in written form. Um... So but check you that out. Still read it. But still, still, still read, read it. it. Still read it. Um, but check out all my past columns. Um, follow me on Twitter at Daniel McFadden, all one word, and follow us on YouTube at YouTube.com/slash/DanielMcFadden. Subscribe to that. Uh, Crow, where where can they find you? I am at DTH Crow on Twitter. I have made I think one post recently (laughs) and that mostly was just me being just being surprised because i had no clue that there was going to be nascar cars added to rocket league so (laughs) i didn't know what rocket league was
It is. So a, I saw I saw that news, but I was like, I don't I don't know what. It is a that. fun but incredibly infuriating video game, and okay. by and probably the best esport. That's probably why you don't care. It's the oh, best. I, it, it's I the didn't best. Know it was it's, an yeah, it's the best. The best esports game, in my opinion. Okay, cool. So all right, so there was there was some news this week, you know, with the the, the reveal of um, the next gen car, but we will get into that. Uh, next week, we'll try to have a guest on to help us uh, discuss that very significant development in the Cup Series. Uh, so, please tune back in next next week. Uh, I've been I'm Daniel McFadden. This has also been James Crow. Thank you for listening to Dropping the Hammer. <laughs>